All right, welcome to the Max Effort Kitchen. We are uh, getting ready for a fun show today. Uh, I am your host, Chef Matt. Uh, it's been a little bit. I missed my Sunday show this week, and uh, the uh, all I'm going to say about that is the holiday hustle and bustle is real. Um, it's getting down to crunch time. Um, we are parties are happening. Shopping is getting wrapped up. I mean, it's getting crazy out there. I don't even, I tried going to a couple different stores last weekend and literally got out of the car, saw the lines, got back in the car. It was, um, it was ungodly busy. And, you know, it's funny because the one place that I expected to be just slammed was Costco and that was the one manageable place. So got some stuff done at Costco, which was nice, but overall it's just been a, uh, it's been a real busy season and, you know, trying to get things squared away, get, you know, gifts bought and white elephant parties and office parties and food. And, oh man, it's been crazy. It has been absolutely crazy, but I'm here now and, uh, that's all that matters, right? Yeah. So, Let's uh, let's jump right into uh, this show. You know, um, let's talk about what I'm drinking here. So I did have uh, one. No, this is number two holiday parties uh, today, and uh, we did a white elephant uh, gift exchange, and it was the first time that I have never actually opened a present because I think it was number five in the order, and you all know how that goes. It's you know everybody brings a gift. It's not labeled. You pick a number and then you just go down the list and you, you know, pick a box, open it up, or you steal from somebody and so on. You know, everybody has their own like house rules and stuff like that. But for, uh, you know, for me this time, I didn't, I chose not to pick one and I stole a gift and it didn't get stolen and I'm really excited about it. But that gift was a box of tea and it was a box of some different tea that um, I've never really had before. It is a, uh, it was a, a granulated tea. Um, and so I actually, uh, steeped some hot water, put it in my French press. I put the grant uh, the, the tea grounds in my French press, poured it in there, let it steep for, oh, a good minute and a half, two minutes. And it got real dark. Um, and it got real strong. And this is just called some afternoon tea. Uh, but it is, um, yeah, if I start talking a little quickly, then, uh, you know where that's coming from. So, uh, but, uh, got some, some good afternoon, strong afternoon tea. Um, it's still pretty early. It's, you know, five o'clock, not, uh, nothing too crazy. It's not going to keep me up all night, but, uh, at the same point, you know, I'm, I got, I got the afternoon tea, which is nice. I will say the best part about this gift uh, was the wooden box that it came in. Um, and I'm, I'm a sucker for those kind of things. I, I don't know what it is, but like wooden boxes, you know, you put your, your chains in them or your, your change or your collectibles or whatever. It is so crazy. Like I will, I will pick something up just for the box, but, uh, I, I'm, I'm sort of uh, a nerd like that, but I like to, uh, hide away my things in boxes. <laughs> Anyways, enough about that. I wanted to uh, really uh, touch on a um, topic that actually we are going to do a whole series on 
in uh, January, and it's about the mental health and uh, food and how they're incorporated. And, you know, not a lot of people actually think about it, but this time of year, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, we're eating a lot of food. I mean, it's, it starts, and honestly, it starts with uh, Halloween. Maybe even, let, let's even push it back a little bit. It starts with Labor Day, uh, you know, because Labor Day is a big barbecue day, right? So that that's like the kickoff of the season. And then you got like, all the like the fall flavors and the and the the squashes and apples and all that stuff coming in and there there's a feeling that we all get right a lot of a lot of happy feelings a lot of more just more food and more cooking there's it, the weather's a little bit colder so we're making heartier foods and more carbs well you know this and it's not thought about but this is something that affects your brain. It affects your moods. It affects your body composition. It affects how you wake up in the morning and how you go to sleep at night, right? Um, but if you think about it, like you hit Thanksgiving, right? Everybody's happy. <laughs> I like to say happy and fat, right? There, there's, there's a feeling I get like after Thanksgiving dinner and you know you had your pumpkin pie and you're just sitting down on the couch like, you know, in the food coma, but I like to say, yep, I'm happy and fat now. And please, that's not a derogatory, but that's just a, an emotion, right? So, uh, happy and fat, like think about that. So we're happy, you know, we're happy during Christmas because of all the food and the gifts and everything, but all the food, all the treats, you know, one, one big tradition in our household is we take a weekend before the holidays and, we actually uh, take all day, sometimes day and a half, and we're making Christmas treats. I'm talking fudge. I'm talking, uh, um, you know, chocolate covered pretzels, Ritz sandwiches, chocolate chip cookies, uh, you know, the Oreo, um, chocolate covered Oreos. I mean, it's everything. Rum balls. Like, if I could name probably like 10 more things, but. Uh, every year it happens. We're getting ready for that this weekend. Uh, we're getting ready to make our, our big holiday push on all the, the sweets and the, the stuff like that. And it's, uh, it's always a really good time. But, you know, as fun as it is and all that, like it brings up a, a good uh, topic. And it's like, what does food do to our emotions? Because we're happy, 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 happy. We get through New Year's and bam, everybody starts dieting. Everybody starts talking about depression. Everybody starts um, saying how, how much weight they need to lose. Like that, that month of January and February are the absolute busiest months in a gym. Like any time, any gym you go to, it is going to be packed for those two months. And then, you know, you start falling off and forgetting and all that stuff and getting back to normal life. But there's something that's never really talked about is like, well, why do we go into this like, you know, massive food coma and then at the drop of a dime, you know, we're trying to lose all this weight, right? We're trying to, you know, mass exodus of weight. Like, why is there a, a month or two months dedicated to losing weight? Why aren't we uh, thinking about this more often, right? Because it does affect us, you know, January, February, the dead of the winter, 
And, you know, a lot of this is up in the Northwest. And so I, it's, it's just my experience. But, you know, we don't get a ton of uh, sun. We do get some sun. But, you know, I would say generally speaking up here, it's uh, a little bit more gloomy. It's a little darker. It gets dark at like 4 o'clock. Um, you know, less of that vitamin D. And there's emotions are, are in the drain. You know, we're, we're, we're dieting hard. We're trying to lose weight. And like, you know, there's certain things about food that, um, help the chemicals in our brain, you know, synthesize, 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 whoa, ooh, it, I might've just had a stroke, uh, synthesize. I, I still can't say that word. I think y'all know what I'm talking about, but you know, there's like proteins, um, proteins are highly linked to, uh, dopamine, you know, dopamine is a chemical in your brain that, you know, creates good feelings and makes you happy. You know, it makes you real happy. Okay. Carbs, carbs and serotonins go together, you know, like meat and cheese. So think about this. You, you're, uh, hitting that low carb diet and then you're trying to go to the gym. Uh, you're already cutting down you know, your, your energy levels, you're creating fatigue within your body because your body needs carbs to be able to move and produce and do things on a daily basis. So what's going to happen to your mood in that situation? Think about that. Like, how can we effectively get out there, exercise, eat properly, and still maintain our weight goals, our ideas of what, who we want to be, our, you know, I mean, let's even go to the image. You know, people will, will sit there, you know, and say all day, oh, I'm not worried about my image. I just want to be healthy. Well, what, what does that mean, right? What does it mean to be healthy? Because if, if we're going to go out there and do all these fad diets, like, it's just so polarizing to your body that like, why are you doing that? You know, um, are you doing it for looks or are you doing it to be healthy? Because if you're doing it to be healthy, I can tell you that a balanced diet is going to be the better way to go. You know, um, there are some omega threes and fatty acids are huge for you. Like you can take fish oils every single day and, uh, as, as some of you know, I'm on a weightlifting team and um, in the sport of weightlifting, I mean, we're talking 30 fish oils a day. I, and that is no joke. I'm, I'm maybe even more. I, I'm pretty sure, you know, my weightlifting coach would probably say, I want you taking double that 60 a day. Um, but that's because of, of joint problems and um, you know, the, the fatigue that weightlifting puts on your body. But as somebody who is just exercising, um, on a daily basis, not competing, you know, getting out there, just trying to, you know, be, uh, active on a daily basis, trying to feel good, trying to sweat a little bit, get that blood moving, you know, take, take four to five fish oils a day and you will see, uh, your moods getting better. Um, it, it helps with depression, it helps with anxiety. Like, yes, uh, the fatty acids help with your, with your joints, but um, it also does something in your brain. And um, so there's things like that that we can do all year around that will increase um, 
our mental state, right? It'll lessen the mental fatigue and the physical fatigue. But at the end of the day, eating a balanced diet, exercising routinely, and maintaining you know, relationships in our life is so important to our mental health. And yet there's so much to explore here, and I'm lo- so looking forward to it. Um, but that it's just kind of a little insight into, you know, what we're going to explore with um, food and how it affects us. Because there, I mean, there are there are full blown disorders that um, are based around food. You know, we we are in a very very uh, vain state of life where, you know, looks and physical features and, oh, did you see all the, you know, the sexy people on TikTok and, you know, oh my God, Instagram, you know, all these social media sites where you're just seeing the prime, the perfect, the edited and not the real, you know, and then pops into this conversation, comparison. Comparison is the uh, evil step twin sister whatever i don't know what you want to call it uh to this mental health game so um really excited to talk more about this i could probably talk for another four hours about this um i have a little bit of experience i have um a lot of education in the food aspect of it and i'm really hoping that uh you know like i've always said if i help one person uh that's you know that's the goal the goal is one you know, change, change happens uh, 1% of the time. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're in a constant uh, state of change. And I was just talking about this uh, at work because we're getting ready to, you know, change some menus and, and, you know, mix things up a little bit for the new year. And I'm looking at my 12 managers and we're having a meeting about it. And I'm looking at them and I'm saying, guys, we've got some changes here. And I see the pale look on the faces, right? But one of my lines to them was like, and it's not just a line, it, it, I really believe this, is that the one thing that is consistent in life is change. You know, that's the one thing that you can really depend on. We can depend on change. It's going to happen regardless if we want it to or not. It is all about how we react to that change. You know, we can only control what's, what we see in the mirror here, right? We can only control ourselves. We can't control what other people do. We can't control, um, you know, what we can control, like, you know, kind of control what your kids do or, you know, your spouse or your partner or whatever. Uh, You can control a little bit, but not really. You know, so uh, let's take that idea of change and let's not normalize it, but understand it. You know, there's uh, all this idea out there about normalizing everything. Well, let's understand it. Because if we can understand it, then we're one step closer on understanding or knowing how to deal with it or creating a plan on how to deal with it. And change, you know, change is good in my opinion because it just means you're growing or you're learning a lesson. So that's a, that's a little uh, insight to my brain. But anyways... Yes, food, emotions, uh, mental health that's coming in January. 
Uh, I got a lot of cool things booked up for that, and it's uh, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. So if you're if you're interested in that, hit me up. If you want to be on the podcast, hit me up. You know, I'm always always love hearing perspectives. Uh, I don't care if you are you know, uh, famous on famous on famous, or if you're just an, an, you know, average Joe that's out there that has some experience with it. You want to be on the show? Hit me up. I love to talk about this stuff. I love to explore, hear perspective, meet new people. And, you know, it's all about the relationships in life. And, uh, between you and I doesn't take much to start a podcast. So just takes a, a, a willingness and, you know, the ability to, you know, talk what's in your brain. So, Anyways, oh, this tea is, mm. <laughs> I've never had tea this strong. It's freaking great. I love it. Okay, back to the pizza, right? Pizza recap. Here we go. Okay, so we are, we're, we're on kind of the last step of our pizza, right? So our dough is ready. Um, it's balled up. It's proofed. I did a, a, a very quick uh, demo on Instagram and uh, I posted it. It's a little video. It's a lot of fun. It's a, it's super easy, but it shows you how to stretch and toss a dough, right? Um, because not many people know how to do that. Um, and, you know, most, I would say maybe most of you, maybe not most of you, but uh, if you're cooking at a at home, you know, we talked about this last time, going and get a pizza stone using the back of a sheet pan or a cookie sheet, a cookie pan, Um you know, getting some, uh, using a cast iron pan, something that is going to retain heat and help cook that crust, right? Um, then we also talked about uh, temperature and time, right? There it is again, time and temperature. Weird how it kind of seeps its way in uh, every podcast <laughs> because uh, time and temperature is the number one rule of why we do what we do and how we create flavors, Right? and how we create textures, and pretty much just how we create food and keep it tasty, safe, all that fun stuff. But anyways, temperature, uh, 450 and above at a home. Um, We talked about going out and getting, you know, uh, go to the Amazon or go to, you know, your mall or whatever, your favorite Home Depot or something like that, and pick up a little backyard pizza oven. They have them. They're accessible. They're out there. They're super, I mean, they're pretty affordable for what they are. You'll probably pay about the same amount as you'll pay for a barbecue. Um, and, uh, you know, they'll last forever. It, it's, it's, if you're going to get into the pizza game and you want to, you want to make this a part of your repertoire, then definitely get in there. So next we talked about sauce and sauce is a, uh, you know, we, we talked about garlic and oil. We said pesto, peanut. I mean, we talked about all the different types of sauces. But the main thing and the main rule with your sauce is you're using minimal ingredients that are at the highest of quality. Okay? So we're keeping that quality and letting the product speak for itself. And that is a super important part because we never want... You know, we want the dough and the sauce to meld, right? We want them to complement each other. We don't want one overbearing the other. So we're doing these very um, specific and technical steps to make sure that we are balancing out, okay? 
And now this is a good segue into what we're going to talk about today, which is toppings. Oh man, the topping game is crazy, right? Everybody has an idea. Everybody thinks, um, you know, that their toppings are the best. Well, maybe they are. And that's awesome, right? So, uh, but here's here's my rule, okay? First and foremost, if I can make a pizza that has a total of three toppings, not including the cheese, three toppings, and that's it, and that's all I need, and I'm getting complex flavors, awesome. Because, again, and you're going to hear me talk about this a ton, is that minimal ingredients at a higher quality are always going to be your best bet, okay? They're going to take a little bit more uh, refined technical work. You're going to have to handle a little bit carefully. Um, They are going to be a little bit more expensive. But at the end of the day, if you're trying to create uh, balance on this pizza, and balance is a huge thing, but if you're trying to create balance, then stick at minimal toppings that are high quality and that pair well with each other. So what does that mean, pair well with each other? Like who would ever thought that, you know, uh, pepperoni and, and sausage and olives pairs well with each other? Well, maybe it doesn't in some people's eyes. That is the beautiful thing about pizza. Pizza is a, it's a platform. It's a vessel. You know, your dough is just a vessel. You know, what's the difference between your dough and a burrito, right? I could roll a pizza dough up and make it, eat it like a burrito. I could fold it over and make it look like a, a sandwich. I mean, shoot, you got calzones, right? You got hand pies. So what's the difference between a hand pie and a calzone? Well, hey, there's a topic. But a topic to make you think a little bit. So what are we putting on our pizza? Let's think about this. Because there, there's a select, no, not a select, there um, is a food for thought. No, that's even the wrong word. There is a thought out there with a, you know, a group of people that think pizza isn't pizza unless it has tomato sauce, right? Okay. Well, what, what's, the, what's one of the rules that, that I talk about on this show, which is uh, take the blinders off. Take them off. Stop having that tunnel vision. You know, the, the beautiful thing about pizza is it is a vessel a platform to build flavors on. And it's so translatable to what I learned, you know, back in the day when I was in school on how, how I'm creating flavors, how to balance and create flavors. And we talked about this. Oh, it was one of the first shows about, you know, having the different um, aspects of flavor come, um, come up. So what does balance mean? You know, what are those flavors? So here's, here's where I try to hit, okay? I want fat. I want acid. I want heat and I want salt. Now, if you can get uh, an equal amount or maybe even comparable, you know, comparables amounts of these things 
on any dish you make. I don't care if you're making a steak or if you're making uh, you know, a salad, whatever it is, you need those aspects. So salt, you know, salty tastes like the sea. Uh, we all know what salt is easy component to add. You know, there's one major misconception with salt. Okay. And obviously the healthcare world doesn't want to hear me say this, but you need to salt your damn food. Please. If you do anything, just salt it, salt it, salt your chocolate chip cookies. They will be sweeter. Salt your freaking ground beef in the, in your chili. It will taste better. Salt your mashed potatoes. <laughs> I mean, all these things that, that I, and I hear people say, well, you know, what about the sodium? What about the sodium? Listen, you can control your sodium levels in many ways. But if you want to eat good food, if you want to eat balanced flavors, you need to salt your damn food. Sorry, pet peeve, big time. And that was probably tattooed in my brain by all the chefs that I was you know, have learned from the next one, fat. So what is fat, right? You'll hear me talk about fat, like, oh, you got to get some fat in that recipe. So fat is oil, fat is butter, fat is Crisco, lard, anything that is, oh man, anything that makes up of a texture and helps flavor things like for instance okay how can i i'm gonna break this down uh we make a a stewed like almost a stewed tomato right and there's a little bit of a controversy within where i'm at right now where i'm working and uh we're making a vegetarian pizza and this pizza has these tomatoes on it and the way i do it is we pull the tomatoes out uh and we we hit them with like salt and pepper and garlic fresh garlic uh, and then we take uh, the pancetta fat and we pour it all over these tomatoes and we roast them down. Well, we're putting those tomatoes on a vegetarian pizza. Well, wait a minute. We got some pork fat on the tomatoes, which does not make it uh, vegetarian anymore. Okay. We take that pork fat off. It changes the flavor completely. So as I'm looking up the like definition of like, what is fat? Cause I'm having a hard time really explaining or putting it into like just a couple words, but fat does many things, right? Fat in a recipe, it, uh, it helps transfer heat to food and that's the main thing. Okay. Uh, it does all kinds of other things. Like it's helps from uh, food sticking, uh, it helps retain heat. It emulsifies. It thickens things. Um, it creates a crispy texture. But all these things are very important to creating balance of flavor, right? Textures, heat, uh, the thickening, thickening of sauces, you know, for that mouthfeel, the emulsification. So fat is in, extremely important. You know, go try making mashed potatoes without putting butter or milk in it and tell me how those things taste. Tell me how they look and how they, uh, they, you know, when you put them in your mouth, you're just like eating dried mashed up potato. You're not eating mashed potatoes, right? Because it doesn't have that fat, that milk and that 
the butter. So think about that. So the next one is acid. And acid can be a polarizing uh, term, but oh, acid does so much to your dish. And in the pizza sense, you know, where do we think our acid is, is primarily at? Well, primarily, if you're making an, a pizza with tomato sauce, right there. Tomatoes are very high in um, acidic flavors. They, they are acid for that pizza, right? Um, acid is tangy. Acid makes your mouth water. You know, we were talking about the, uh, the aperitif, you know, before with why I talk about what I'm drinking because I am trying to wet the whistle of your brain to get that appetite rolling, get that brain moving a little bit. Uh, but what the acid does in your dish is it actually helps your mouth salivate. When your mouth salivate, guess what moves around a lot more? Your flavors, right? So it, I'm, I'm telling you, acid is probably one of my biggest uh, trick shots when I'm trying to balance something out. You know, I taste it. Hmm. What is, it's missing something. What is it missing? Take a little squeeze of lemon juice. Okay. Okay, that brightened that up a little bit. Or, you know, put a little bit of orange juice in the sauce. Oh, oh, there's that little tanginess at the back of my mouth. That, uh, that, that's helping those flavors get, uh, you know, pushed through my mouth. So acid is, acid is your, your trick shot. Acid is that magic trick that you have in your pocket that nobody knows about. And it's like, why did this taste so good? Because I used balsamic vinegar. Because I found something citrusy and I put it in there. I'm telling you. Don't ever tell anybody, but acid is your trick shot. And then heat. Heat is a different one because, you know, it's interesting. I'll, I'll taste something. I got that saltiness. I got that fattiness. I, I'm getting, hitting the, the tang at the back of the mouth. But I'm like, why? It's just a little flat. So when you're tasting something and it's kind of flat, throw some heat in. Throw, throw some chili flake in there. You know, a little bit of hot sauce. Uh, maybe some, uh, some, some jalapeno chopped up mints, you know, in a, in the chili I was talking about is put your, uh, you know, that chipotle pepper in there. There's a reason why that goes in there, you know, because we're adding smoky and we're adding heat. And if those of you who have not had a chipotle pepper, put one of those suckers in your mouth, you know, uh, personally, I'm like on a five when it comes to heat tolerance, I'm like right in the middle. Um, if it gets any, if it gets too high, I tend to get the hiccups and it's kind of funny and I get made fun of about it, but Hey, whatever. Um, but I will try things. So, uh, use heat when you feel like something is flat, throw some heat in it, see what happens. Cause heat can be a universal thing especially in the form of hot sauce because hot sauce is primarily made of vinegar and vinegar is a form of acid. So there you go. Now we're taking one product and we're marking off two things off the list. So these are the kind of things we want to think about when we're balancing out pizza toppings. So there's a reason why dough, so uh, tomato sauce, cheese, and pepperoni are like the number one selling p 
pizza out there, pepperoni pizza. Everybody knows it. Everybody loves it. I don't think I've ever met a single soul who does not love pepperoni pizza. And if you do, please reach out to me. I'm not going to try to change your mind, but what I am going to try to do is find out what's going on in your mind because holy crap, who doesn't like pepperoni pizza? It's, it works. You got the heat and you got the fat with the pepperoni. You got the acid with the tomato sauce. You got more fat with the cheese. You got salt in your dough. You got salt in your pepperoni. You're hitting every level of balance that you can hit with a pepperoni pizza. And it's simple. It's cheese, pepperoni, tomato sauce. Done. But damn, those things can be good, right? I've had some, there's some pepperoni pizzas out there that is just like, blow my mind. And it's usually because people are taking and changing the sauce, right? There's, you know, there's some good pepperonis out there, but change your sauce and it increases the flavor or enhances the flavor of your pepperoni. Did your mind just explode right there? Like, cause mine does. I, I get super pumped when I start like thinking about like, Oh man, how can I create these flavors? Okay. So, you know, three toppings, Understand that you can use more than three toppings. That's just my goal. Okay. That's always my goal. I like to try to keep that three. So we're talking three toppings. We're talking balance. Now, what's the next thing we want to do? Okay. What do you do when you make a pizza and say you're having people over and you're like, you know what? I'm going to impress them. I'm going to make some flatbreads or I'm going to make some pizzas. I'm going to put some toppings on them and they're going to love them. You know, and you got some friends over, maybe you got some family over and you come out to the table and you got, oh, check these out. And they're just piled with like toppings on it. Right. And you're just, well, these are, uh, they, um, yeah, try, try them out. Tell me what you think. Right. No, take a step back. Let's take a step back. Right. Okay. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to balance them out. We're going to use high in quality ingredients, but what we're going to do is we're going to create a story create a story on why these toppings go together. Okay. Well, you know, okay. So yeah, I was really, you know, I I just remembered this time I had in France and, and, uh, I had this just absolutely amazing Gruyere cheese and, and this smoked Serrano ham. And, oh man, it came out with like a little plate of like these super ripe figs and the figs were like doused in balsamic vinegar. Boom got a pizza. Okay. We're going to go garlic, olive oil, a little bit of mozzarella, a little bit of Gruyere cheese, your sliced thin Serrano ham, your cut up like wedged, um, figs, you know, fresh, nice mission figs. And then you're going to cook it off. But wait, what are we missing there? So we got we got fat for sure. We got a little bit of heat. Oh wait, or do we have heat? We don't have heat. So let's throw in some like, uh, maybe some like Mama Lil's peppers, right? Oof. The figs is sweet. The Serrano ham is got that saltiness. You got the, the acid from the, uh, from the cheese and bam, you got a balanced pizza that is beautifully well it probably looks beautiful but it also 
It has a story, has meaning behind it. And that's what people mean when they say cook with the heart, right? Cook with your heart. Create a story on why you're doing something. You know, so whenever I'm developing a recipe or whenever I'm like, okay, I need to get inspired. You know, what do I do? First thing I do is I go back to the beginning. What inspired me? Okay. What is making me want uh, to eat this food? What is making me want to cook? What made me um, get inspired when I was learning, right? Or, you know, go back to like a vacation that you had or go back to um, a time that you had just an amazing meal and, and start breaking it down. Well, why was that amazing? Yes, the company. Okay, that, the people I was with, awesome. You know, the drink. Oh, what did I have to drink? Oh, there's like this orange citrusy. And then, you know, they came out with these like these short ribs that were braised in this like, you know, apple cider and vinegar and all that. Oh man, that, that really hit the spot and it was like melt in your mouth. And so you start to create a story and you start breaking down ingredients. And let me tell you this at hundred percent, 110, 120%, you can't put anything on a freaking pizza. Just do it. Take your classically trained French dish, break it down and put it on a damn pizza because I'm telling you that it is 100% transferable. Not only is it transferable, it has a story and it's ready to go and flavors are already made for you, right? So uh, good example, the carbonara, okay? Does everybody know the story behind the carbonara? So carbonara dish is uh, spaghetti. It's heavy cream. It's uh, heavy pepper. It is usually, you know, depending on where you're, where you're coming from or what food for thought you're coming from or school you're coming from, it's peas. I, use, I like to use peas or some sort of heavy green. And it is a raw egg on top. Pasta. Okay? So... It was carbonara actually came from the, uh, the coal miners. So it came from, uh, yeah, coal miners. And um, carbonara actually transfers, uh, the name kind of transfers it, it to coal burner. Um, and it was the Roman coal miners. Uh, it was something that they could take with them into uh, these mines and it would hold. So you got an egg, you got some cooked pasta. I'm sorry, you know, in the first explanation, I forgot to tell you about the, the, the uh, meat. It's got to be some fatty pork, right? So you got some chopped up like, uh, you know, pancetta. You got your egg, you got your pasta. And it was created as like a hearty, easy to make meal for these men when they were working in the outdoors for a long period of time or when they were working in these coal miners for a long period of time because you think about it, you got protein, you got carbs, you got meat, and this is a, uh, and then you got that fat, right? And so uh, this was a dish that uh, these, these coal miners would take with them. Not a dish. Let's not even say that. Like they'd probably put it in like some sort of bag and put it in their pocket and walk in and then they, they were able to make it because traditionally speaking, uh, you put a raw egg yolk on top of that uh, pasta. And then you, when you go to eat it, you mix it in. And I'm telling you, it's one of my favorite pasta dishes. But the reason why we're talking about this is because it's, uh, you can transfer that to a pizza and I've done it. 
you know, you make that, that fatty uh, sauce for the base, right? A little bit of Parmesan, uh, a very light amount of mozzarella. You got your uh, maybe some bacon or pancetta. I would go with pancetta lardons. And all lardon is a fancy way of saying, you know, cubed it up. So just cut it in some cubes. Uh, you got your egg yolk and your pepper and a hearty green. Let's say, let's go with like um, broccolini, okay? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my cream sauce. I'm going to put it on the base of that pizza. I'm going to hit it hard with some Parmesan. Throw in some minced garlic, some uh, just a a light amount of mozzarella because we don't want it to become super cheesy, but we want it to add some of that fat. Uh, then I'm going to put on my, you know, my lardons and if they're cut small enough, I'll just cook them straight on the pizza. And something, you know, that does is, uh, that's pretty amazing what cooking a raw meat on a pizza does. And we can talk about that in a second, but, uh, put my pancetta on there. Um, put my hearty green on there, you know, my, you know, spread my broccolini out and then I'm going to cook it off. Okay. I'm going to have my egg yolks, you know, drain the whites out of them, just the yolks ready to go. And what I'm going to do is when that pizza comes out, right when that pizza comes out of the oven, I'm going to drop like, you know, three, probably let's go three, uh, egg yolks around the center of the pizza. And then I'm going to let it rest for about five. Let's go five minutes. Eh, let's go three minutes, okay? Let that thing sit there and rest. And then what's going to happen is I'm going to take my pizza cutter, and when I cut it, I'm going to purposely run my cutter through the egg yolks so it spreads. So it spreads into the uh, outers of the pizza. And then I'm going to take a handful of Parmesan. I'm going to throw the Parmesan on there. I'm going to take maybe some, uh, you know, some fresh parsley, you know, hand hand tear it on there toss it on there, maybe a little nice extra virgin olive oil around the crust. I'm telling you, you take that recipe, you make it at a dinner party, you make it for your family. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know anybody who wouldn't like that. That's all I'm saying. So transfer these already made, already balanced dishes that we know about, your favorite dish at your favorite restaurant, you know, that awesome thing you had when you were on vacation and put it on a damn pizza. That should, that should be like a t-shirt, put it on a damn pizza. <laughs> I've said it enough times today, but it, it's, it's something that I cannot stress enough is that we need to get out of the tunnel of what goes on pizza. Now, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this next subject because ain't nobody going to change my freaking mind about this combination and I'll probably lose some listeners but I don't care (laughs) I'm passionate about this sorry I think this tea has really got me going (laughs) pineapple belongs on pizza doesn't belong on all pizzas but it does belong on a Canadian bacon or a pepperoni pizza and why is that people why we just learned why pineapple belongs on a pizza because it helps balance against the salty flavors because it helps the sweetness enhances the tomato sauce the enzymes in the pineapple helps the digestion of the carbs whoa 
Oh, now, now we're talking about enzymes. Ladies and gentlemen, if you learn anything from me, if you take anything away from this entire podcast or this entire pizza series, it's that pineapple is an ingredient and deserves a place at the pizza table. Bottom line. And if you disagree with me, change my mind. Tell me why. Don't just tell me it doesn't belong on there and laugh about it and act like, you know, whatever, like you know something, some secret. But tell me why, okay? Change my mind on that one, please. Whew. Sorry, I got to take a deep breath on that one. So we've talked about dough. We've talked about sauce. Now we got toppings out of the way. I want you to all get out there. I want you to make some extraordinary pizza. I want you to make some real shitty pizza. It's okay because that's how you learn, right? You know, go make a pizza and put like 10 ingredients on it and figure out, oh, this is what he's talking about. Go make a pizza, put three ingredients on it and understand why you need the high quality, right? So again, pizza is just a vessel. Pizza is just a platform to put flavor in your mouth. It is a vessel to put food in your mouth. Okay. So let's take some time. Let's make some great pizza. We got a really neat show coming up on Monday. Um, I'm probably going to get another one out before that. Uh, but it is my daughter's 12th birthday. And one of her birthday wishes was to be on max effort kitchen. And so we are going to do a birthday episode for her on Monday should be a fun one. Um, and <laughs> we'll learn all about all kinds of fun things of a 12 year old's mind. So uh, thank you for tuning in. I uh, love you all. I missed you all. I'm so glad to be back. I know it was only a couple days, but it was uh, weighing heavy on my heart. And uh, just remember, food is love and get out there and spread some of it. Happy holidays, everybody.